sure you will all agree that there are things that need to be done in this country today. So when I wake up, everybody knows sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking again. Wake up, everybody knows sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking again. Welcome to life, living intentionally for the empowerment of ourselves and our families. We are a podcast about everyday people that want to live a life of empowerment. You can definitely expect transparency from us and our guests. We will talk about the many matters of life. We are here to discuss real life matters that affect many of us, such as dating, parenting, education, entrepreneurship, and more. Again, the foundation of our podcast is transparency, and we are living intentionally for empowerment. My name is Viviana, and I'm here to learn and bring awareness to our community. Thank you for joining us today. We are live, the podcast with Viviana, and we are here today with Julian Baena. We will be talking about uh, entrepreneurship in addition to also being Latin entrepreneurs. Julian Baena has received his master's in business administration from St. Leo University, and he has also served for the United States Marine Corps. He is also the VP for Legacy Business Advisors Mid-Atlantic, which offers a lot of uh, resources and assistance for um, business owners. So Julian, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. And if you can kind of tell us a little bit about your expertise and why do you think that entrepreneurship is so important? Uh, thanks for having me on uh, the show today. I appreciate it. Um, so a little bit about my expertise is we focus on working with business owners on uh, helping them start businesses, grow their business, and exit their business successfully. There's a lot of business owners um, out there that get so entrenched and so ingrained in the day-to-day -day operation of running and, and working on the business that sometimes they forget to take a look at the bigger picture. And one of the major things and main things that our, our clients come to us for is for that clarity, right? We know that we start a business. We know that we work in the business. But what are we working towards? What's the goal, right? What is this business supposed to do for us? Because at the end of the day, this is going to, this is what pays the bills, and this is what's going to help set up our retirement and, you know, and let us live that third chapter of our life or third part of our life successfully and, you know, be at peace with ourselves. Um, so being an entrepreneur to me is... Uh, a very important and very exciting and scary thing. Hmm. Um, you know, if you think about it, most people um, work a 40-hour work week, some 50, but nonetheless, you know that you go to work at 8 o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. you get a 15-minute break at 10, you take lunch at 12, you clock back in at 1, you get another break at 2, and then you clock out at 4 o'clock, and that's it. Yeah, systematic. Yeah, you, you become a, you know part of the, uh, that, that little hamster wheel that you just turn every day, and it becomes the same thing because it's comfortable. You know that you're going to get paid on the 1st and the 15th or at the end of the week or whenever it may be, right? They, th they throw some health care in there. They throw you know a couple bonuses and some other things to, to make it nice. But at the end of the day, you know, it's that security that you're looking for. Conversely, on the other side of the spectrum, you've got the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur has no, 
you know, designated times that they work. Because even if they run the business from nine to five or eight to six or whatever it is, once they're done doing their business, then they still got to go home. They still got to do the books. Mm -hmm. They still got to work on more things for the business. They got to plan for the next week, the, the next sale, the next, you know, goal and the next thing. So it's a, a constant, ever moving thing. Right. Um, now, you take that being an entrepreneur. Right. And that uncertainty and that challenge of saying, hey, how am I going to pay for the bills, you know, at the end of the month? Like, I, got, I, I have to make enough money to do that. And now you say, hey, not only am I going to do that, but now I'm going to be from a different country. Mm. Right. Now I'm a Latino entrepreneur. An extra challenge. Yeah. An extra challenge. And it doesn't really matter what country you come from. Right. Because you can be any part of the world. Right. But now you come here to a country where at times you don't speak the language, mm -hmm. you don't know the resources that are available, mm -hmm. the law, the law. You have no idea what you got to do, and you have no idea that there's options out there for you to seek some capital assistance or get some help. And all you do is you ask your aunt, your sister, your uncles, your brothers, whoever it may be that'll listen to you and lend you a couple dollars, and next thing you know, you've got your business up and running, right? without speaking the language mm -hmm. so that to me is like wow yeah pretty impressive right? right to have that type of courage so do you think latinos sometimes have a less of a fear factor when it comes to entrepreneurship like do do latinos see more entrepreneurship compared to other people um i don't know you know that's a good question um what i do see is that latinos in the in the community look for a way to make money. Mm. They're very resourceful, right? Um, and it's, it gets ingrained in us, I guess, at a young age, because if you go to Mexico, right, you go to Cancun, you get there, what do you got? You got little kids trying to sell you chiclets. Right. You know what I mean? You go, you go somewhere else. You got so we see the hustle early. Exactly. The need to hustle. Exactly. And that's the word, is that we're, we're ingrained that, hey, you got to hustle. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what, what part of the world you come from in, in Latin America, but there's hustle behind it. Because that hustle is what's going to help us feed the family, mm -hmm. which is why a lot of entrepreneurs, once they start making a little bit of money, a lot of that money goes back to help their families out because they're mm -hmm. so accustomed to that. It's so ingrained in our culture, like, hey, for every dollar you make, you better be throwing your mom a couple cents, yeah. right? She put up with you. Yeah. You better give her a little bit. She wants more than a couple cents. <laughs> <laughs> ah, she wants like 75% of it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's true because um, I, so I'm Colombian. Uh, I was born in Colombia, but then I went to Mexico when I was five. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was with my mother, but I was also with my aunt and her husband. And her husband had, like, part of his budget mm -hmm. was to give back to the mom. Like, every time that he got paid there was always that percentage that goes back to mom mm -hmm. always and I've met a lot of people here in the United States that continue to do that and my, like for example my grandmother she's 84 and she has a retirement um, money that she gets in Colombia mm -hmm. but she does not bring that money here she uh, divides that money up against everybody else mm -hmm. and so I think it's uh, it's nice to be able to kind of give back and sometimes as we start to get older I'm, I'm in my 40s we tend to kind of lose some of those traditions as well yeah, and I think some of that. So, some of that has to do with, I guess, the length of time that we've that we're here in the states as well. Mm -hmm. Because you know, a lot of my family's still in Colombia, and 
I think for the most part, they still have that type of um, mindset where it's not an obligation that you have to do. Mm -hmm. But you know that you have to, right? Right? Like it's it's part of like it's a, an unspoken yeah, it's a, yeah. tradition. Exactly. You better do it. Yeah, exactly. Because you got to help the family, right? right. Um, we're here. We kind of get caught up in that capitalist mindset of hey, we need to make more money. We got to you know put money away and and do what we got to do. It's more self driven. Exactly. Yep. And I think too is because here. At times, we don't know the resources that are available to us, mm -hmm. right? We don't know a lot about the different tools. Right. Um, and I specifically talk about the Hispanic community in that regard. When you're an immigrant that has come here that's not accustomed to certain aspects of how the United States works and the types of resources they provide. Mm -hmm. For example, the Small Business Administration, right? doesn't matter what part of the country you go to, there's an SBA office that's going to help you, um, you know, develop a business plan. For free? Yeah, for mm -hmm. free, right? Uh, and they do it in various languages, mm -hmm. right? You go down to Latin America, and I don't think there's an SBA equivalent, right? Um, you'll definitely find a chamber of commerce. That you have to be a member of. Yeah, in certain countries, you mm -hmm. have to be a member of it because that's where that's, it kind of serves that function. Mm -hmm. But other parts of the world, there isn't. So people just kind of go out and search and look and find the resources they can if they have the time to do it. Because again, they're working in their business, trying to grow it, trying to do all these different things. Um, and here, there's so there's an abundance of resources that at times we get overwhelmed by them. Um, so it's really trying to figure out how do we consolidate a lot of those resources and which ones are the most effective and efficient ones for me to use as a Latino entrepreneur because there's a lot of opportunity. Right. So what would you say are, so a lot of people start to do their business, like let's say somebody that makes empanadas or somebody that cleans cars or somebody that knows how to edit videos and they just kind of start to do it on their own without a business name, without a tax ID number. At what point would you suggest that you start to make it official? From day one. From day one? Yeah, because, so, you know, like you said, we go in the business and we just kind of go into it because yeah. we know, hey, I got to make money. Right. Um, but what ends up happening is that nine out of ten times, those are the businesses that unfortunately are not going to survive those first two critical years, mm -hmm. right? They say, hey, 80% of businesses don't survive the first 18 months. And some of it has to do because of our failure to plan, mm -hmm. right? Our failure to plan is our plan to fail, right. if that makes sense, right? right? Um, because we want to get results and we want to get going and we want to do everything now. That's one of the things that we've kind of honed in and said, hey, look, you got to have a business plan. Mm -hmm. You got to have an objective. You got to have a goal, right? If we don't have those goals and we don't align them appropriately, you know, with what you want your personal goals to be, mm -hmm. how are we going to achieve success? We're just right. kind of following whatever shows up. You know, we're we're at, at 
grasping for any little little tidbit of income that's going to come in. Right. So like a realistic budget just to get started, I would say maybe it's about $150, right? So mm -hmm. the tax ID number is free. Yep. Um, uh, registering the business with the state could be between $75 and $100 depending on the state. Mm -hmm. And then we got to pay maybe about $30 or $50 for your license. Yep, for your business license. Right. Correct. So at least if we can have uh, about $150, we can kind of get started. Yep. So that, that right there that's enough to get you going to say all right cool I'm at least legitimate right yeah that budget is a little bit higher because you also want to get the appropriate insurances insurance. and protection things that are going to protect you so you have to think about it this way which sometimes I think we forget to think about is that up to this point we have something we have X right so do we want to lose what we've worked so hard to accomplish up until today? We don't want to lose that. So we got to protect it, right? So if I bought a house, I'd hate to get sued and lose my house. I've already, like, I already had to do that once. Mm -hmm. Why would I have to, like, start all over and get another house? So it's really looking at what you're trying to do and making sure that, hey, from today going forward, if something happens, how do I protect that? Right. Right. So I don't lose that. And then from there, you can start growing and, and doing all those other things. So I know like your typical um, liability insurance might be what, seven, $800 for the year? Yeah. Just something basic if you're not climbing roofs and stuff like that. Correct, yeah. Something basic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's one thing that you would tell people not to do? Oh, man. Maybe one or two things. Like maybe some mistakes that you have seen people do um, that... You would say, "Hey guys, don't do, don't do this." Think of things as an expense instead of an investment, mm. right? When people are like, "Hey, I need this," so let's go back to those insurances, right? Hey, I need uh, liability insurance. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's just another expense. Is it though, or is it an investment in protecting your your money, your job, your livelihood? Right, and kind of shifting that mindset to say, hey, look, if I'm going to invest money into my business, I'm going to invest money in things that are going to protect me and things that are going to help me grow and things that are going to lead me to success. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to invest it, what is my return on investment? What am I going to get in return for that? Right? So you talk to marketers, they tell you, hey, you got to spend 30 to 40% of your budget on marketing. Okay, great. Marketers are a dime a dozen. They're, you know, mm -hmm. everybody you talk to seems to be uh, some kind of digital marketing expert mm -hmm. or, or something. And good. So if I'm going to invest money into this specific marketing, what am I going to get in return and what results should I see? Right? Developing those metrics that say, all right, if I give you $100 and I invest $100 into my marketing budget, what should I get in return? How many clients should I have? You know, how many people should be calling me? Mm -hmm. That type of thing. Some of it is uncertain because we don't know who's going to pick up the phone, mm -hmm. but we can get an idea. Right. So kind of one, so one thing that um, I had my financial advisor do with me and my business coach was we kind of talked about some questions to kind of dissect the business a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we, what's an example maybe, let's say that I wanted to open up um, a cleaning business, right? Mm -hmm. So what are some things that maybe I can dissect or what are some kind of questions that I need to ask myself before I move forward? Like if you can give me a checklist. So, 
So, all right. So I would uh, take a look at, so again, it goes back to that business plan, right? Once you start thinking about exactly, hey, what am I going to do and what actions am I going to do mm-hmm. that are going to lead to business, mm-hmm. that is when you start functioning like a business owner, right? Because now your time and energy is being efficiently used for a measurable result, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, if I, like you said, we'll use your example, if, if I own a cleaning company, well, who do I need to talk to in order to get more people to use my cleaning service, mm-hmm. right? So do I need to talk to real estate agents? Do I need to talk to people that do home remodels, right? Do I need to talk to people that do construction? Do I need to uh, talk to people that are involved with the city, right? The Office of Economic Development, Office of Procurement, whatever the, co- the term might be coined, and sometimes we're afraid to have those conversations. And as a business owner, sometimes we got to get over that hurdle, being afraid to have those conversations and just saying, hey, my name is Juliana and I own a cleaning company and this is what we can do. Because you never know who is looking for your service. And, and I think one of the challenges is not expecting perfection. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes, let's say we might want to start doing business and we don't have business cards or we don't have a website or some, you know, things that keep you from moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because when you, when you present yourself in front of a potential client, you want to be thorough and mm-hmm. like 100%. And I think part of that is that fear factor as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember listening to a lady and she was doing, she was writing a book and she really didn't finish her book, but she was still promoting the book. Mm-hmm. And I think when I heard her, it kind of allowed me to remove some of those fears that I have, mm-hmm. because I think that's what kind of keeps us from moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, so what's, uh, tell me a little bit about that, about the expectations that we set on ourselves for perfection. So that's that's really interesting because as you're saying that, I have probably two or three dozen business owners that go across my, my mind mm-hmm. because one of the things that we expect is instant gratification. Mm. We live in a society where information and, and everything as is at the tip of your fingertips, right? So there's games that, that you can download on your app mm-hmm. that promise to give you $100 if you put five bucks in. Mm-hmm. Like everything is so instant. Right. But in business, you know, as much as people say that it's not personal, it is very personal. Mm-hmm. Right. Because business affects your personal life. Mm-hmm. It affects how you live. It affects, you know, how your relationship is with others. So you got to take that and understand that it's not about instant gratification, but people want to do business with people they like. It's about relationships. It's, an, it's understanding that, hey, look, I just met you. I'm going to offer you my service. And there's two things that are going to happen, or three things, really. You're either going to say no because you don't need it. You're going to say yes because you just happen to be in the market for it. Or you may not be ready for it. And if you're not ready for it, that's okay. Your job is to build that relationship and develop that relationship so that that when that person does need your service, that you're the first one at the top of their mind. Now, marketing and and Facebook and Google and all these things make that a little bit easier because you can consistently stay in front of people. But yet again, it's about relationships. When I when I need a roofer, I'm going to go through my Rolodex and say, "All right, oh yeah, I know such and such. They have a roofing company. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call. I like them." You know what I mean? Or you're going to ask your friend, mm-hmm. right? And right. you're going to say, "Hey, you know, could you use for your roofing company? Did they do a good job?" 
And that is the most powerful referral because nine out of ten times that's going to become business. Right. You know? Yeah, and I think that, and um, I, I'm a strong believer of kind of falling in love with your clients, mm -hmm. right? So kind of going through as if, you know, as if we can kind of relate it to dating. So if I if I love you and I'm taking care of you, then I have like 100% world-class customer service. Mm -hmm. And then it's a word of mouth, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's how we build our reputation, and then that's how we get people to trust us. Yeah. And I think that's what happens a lot of the time also in addition to in the Latin uh, community that there's lack of trust uh, more maybe than other cultures mm -hmm. or I know it has my it has been my personal experience so like for example I have a tutoring business and um, I my job I always tell my clients it's my job to kind of feed you all the information so people may come and say hey I need tutoring for the SAT hey so let me not just tell you about the SAT but let me also tell you about the ACT mm -hmm. and then let me also tell you that if you think your child is not ready for a four-year university they can go to a community college and not even have to take the SAT or ACT so my job is to kind of give you all the information and then you make the best decision for your family mm -hmm. and I think that has allowed me uh, to uh, gain people's trust and they see my transparency mm -hmm. and they know that because there's been times that people call me and I end up telling them that they don't need tutoring, mm -hmm. right? So that's, yes, I live off of this business but I'm genuine when I give information and I think sometimes if once we come in contact with somebody like that then we can really trust them and then, because I get calls all the time, hey Viviana, do you know a plumber? Do you know somebody that cuts grass? So I get those phone calls and so I think it, it makes me feel good to be able to help that person mm -hmm. and there's no money exchange. I'm not getting referral fees, right? <laughs> it's just that phone call, but it feels good to be able to connect people, mm -hmm. Latino or no Latino, mm -hmm. right? And I think that that's one of the things that makes us good entrepreneurs because entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. I wake up, there's many days that I work very long hours and when I hit that pillow, mm -hmm. I'm out. Right, and I sleep my, you know, six seven hours, and I, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning, and then like I'm ready to go. I'm not fatigued. I don't feel fatigued because I love what I do, and I think that that's the greatest feeling in the world is to be able to get up and love what you do. Yeah, so so that's really interesting, right? Because so one, um, people go into business um, at times because they're chasing the money. They want to make. They think, hey man, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to do this, right? And they end up doing something that they may not be passionate about, mm -hmm. right? When your work and your job and what you do is revolves around passion and enjoyment and just a true, genuine sense of happiness, it's not work. I can do that all day long. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that is also one of those things when you said, hey, what, what would you say is one of the hardest? It's truly finding what are you passionate about? Right. Right. And focusing on that instead of saying, man, I can do this because I can make X amount of dollars off this. Find something that you're passionate about because when passion is, is transferable, mm -hmm. right? Trust is transferable. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and when you, and that's probably one of the most difficult things to accomplish is to be able to transfer that trust and that passion that you have for something to somebody else. Because once you do that and somebody sees that excitement in you and they see that you're passionate about it, they're more likely to talk to you about it, to do business with you, to do things that with you. Mm -hmm. And when you're passionate about it, they become excited about it. And when they come, become excited about it, 
that leads to them talking about you. Right. You know, there's been very times when, a lot of times when I've had clients that give me a call that said, hey, um, they're not even clients of mine. They'll give me a call and say, hey, I was talking to John and he said that I should talk to you because you can do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a pretty compliment, pretty big compliment for me that I'm in a whole different state or I'm, right. you know. You're their go-to. And, 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 but they're having those conversations, those types of conversations where my passion and my enjoyment for what I do to help people and kind of help them grow and start the business and their success has been transferred on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that is when you can truly say, say, okay, cool, I really am enjoying what I do. Right. And I think it's, uh, I think sometimes people think that it's not doable, mm-hmm. right? And so like, as we look at ourselves that we were born in another country and English is our second language mm-hmm. and to be able to overcome immigration and, you know, the uh, racism or socioeconomic status. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship because you are, you. it's kind of like you gain control mm-hmm. at that moment, right? You gain control and you, it feels amazing for me to be able to employ other people and like there's a a girl that I'm working with she's 12 so today her dad posted on Facebook that it's official her his daughter is an entrepreneur right Mm -hmm. and she makes brace like rubber bracelets so she was she's just when she first came here the first time she was like my dad's making me do this right so now she's excited she has clients she has a a shopping cart it's just amazing to be able to see the brightness in her eyes Mm -hmm. now that she does this right and I think it's it's nice to be able to, um, for us as adults, to um, show to our kids that this is possible, right? And um, what do you think about those people that are that are against entrepreneurship? Like, there's some parents, I was talking to a kid, he loves basketball, and he's not going to be able to play basketball because he has an injury, and so I was talking to him about entrepreneurship, so he talked to dad, and he said, well, my dad wants me to have a job where I can use my brain. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think about that? So that's difficult, right? Because entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very difficult. Um, People think like, hey, I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to have success right away. You know, um, most companies, you know, have been around for two, three, four, five years before they actually start having Mm -hmm. true success. And what is that measure of success? Your definition of success is different than mine, different than everybody else's. So I think a lot of that is the uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? We are afraid of things that, yeah, that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And there's people that want to um, read a lot and get to understand that uncertainty before they dive into it, which sometimes can backfire because we become hesitant. And that hesitation, you know, can lead us to miss on good opportunities, you know, then and then other doubts are created. Exactly. The that. more you read and the more you educate yourself, there's additional things that come up. And and some people aren't built for that, right? Some people like that comfort of security, saying, "Hey, look, just use your brain, work forty hours a week, make decent money, and all, and that's that's what life is." Because you know what? If you think about the different generations that are in the workplace now, we've got everything from baby boomers to Gen X, to Gen Y, Millennials, Z, I don't even know how many letters and generations there are anymore. Mm-hmm. But we have so many different people out there working that, you know, the baby boomers, they grew up in a completely different era, 
you know, for them, it was, hey, get educated, move up the ladder, the corporate ladder, and, you know, that's about it. And, you know, maybe start a business. Millennial or Gen X, that's when now you're talking Facebook, Google, the uh, Zuckerbergs, and, you know, all this different mm. innovation and technology that went one day goes from, hey, what's the internet to all of a sudden, We've got dial-up and AOL and instant messenger and Yahoo and next thing you know, all these companies are becoming multi-billion-dollar companies overnight. Um, to do that, so it's 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 difficult to say, hey, this is what you should do. But entrepreneurialism, I think, is something that is inside you, and one way or the other, it's going to come out eventually. Hmm. If that's if that the, that entrepreneurial spirit is within you, right? Sometimes maybe out of frustration, right? You might have a job that's an eight to five job, yeah. and you start to become frustrated, and then that's when maybe some of the entrepreneurship. Yep. So typically, there's three types of entrepreneurs, right? There's your technician mm -hmm. that is very good at something that they know. So, for example, let's take an engineer. Mm -hmm. So I just met a, a guy that is an engineer. He used to do be an engineer on submarines. Mm -hmm. So his job was to take build three D models, you know, using AutoCAD and all this other engineering software about you know submarines. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, they go through the process until it gets built. Well, he took that same engineering mentality, and the entrepreneurial spirit came out in him. When now he's designed where um, it's a clothing store and you walk in and you you know those uh, things at the airport where you stand you put your hand up and it does a circle yeah mm -hmm. well he's got something like that it takes three seconds you put your hands up it measures everything about you mm -hmm. and next thing you know 45 minutes later you have custom tailored clothes that oh, fits yeah. you to the exactly specification that you want if you want classic fit if you want loose fit jeans if you want baggy mm -hmm. jeans you know I mean it doesn't matter but it's yours and he took something because he's an expert at that thing. You've got the manager, right? The manager is just really good at managing people and they know how to build teams and teams that lead to success, right? And then you've got the freedom fighter. And that is that person that says, hey, you know what? I don't want somebody telling me what to do. I don't want to have to work 40 hours a week. I want to make a lot more money than what I'm making now. You know, I just want my freedom, my life. I want to do what I want. Right, and those are typically the people that say, "Hey, I'm going to move into entrepreneurialism at one at some point in time in their life." Right. So, um, it, it's really interesting because, you know, I think in the Latin community, you have those three, and then at times that entrepreneurial spirit comes out of desperation. Hmm. Right, you're in a country. You know, maybe in Central America, South America, let's take Venezuela. That's such, oh, yeah. you know, such despair right now. You know, mm -hmm. they're suffering. That there's so much entrepreneurialism coming out of there. I just met a Venezuelan uh, a gentleman that are getting ready to open up a business. And he was telling me, look, we used to live in Venezuela. We had a business. It was thriving. Then the economy started to go down. So I sold my business. And when I sold it, I bought one taxi. And I was like, man. I could really make money off these taxis because people still have money to get around. Mm -hmm. Well, he built a fleet of taxis, and from there, he said, well, now I can start leasing these taxis out and renting them out to people so that they can make money. So he's making money, and they're making money, and he's helping people put food on the table. And then from there, he's like, oh, man, now the government's telling me I can't do taxis anymore. So he sold a bunch of the taxis, wow. and he started up a different company. You know, And it just evolved with whatever 
He and needed so he's to. A, he's a true definition of a serial entrepreneur. Correct. And now he just came to this country. Maybe so. He's been here five years now, and he started working in the labor field. And now he says, "All right, I'm ready to start a company." Called me up and said, "Julian, help me start a company and grow it." You know what I mean? And it's nice. yeah, and it's amazing because you see it that out of despair, out of hey, I got to survive one way or another. He just adapts, very adaptive, which is nice. very rare to find. So how do we get in contact with you, Julian, if we need some assistance? Uh, so you are more than welcome uh, to visit our website at uh, www.lbamidatlantic, legacybusinessadvisorsmidatlantic.com. Um, you're more than welcome to give me a call. Uh, our phone number at the office is 757 